0: If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful air of Shabbos to all of you. Great to be here again. Spend some time, talk about the Parsha, talk about Torah, talk about life, talk about those elements within life that are important, that we deal with on a daily basis, that makes life, well, more meaningful, more purposeful, understanding insights, not simply going through life, well, just going through life, but going through life with purpose and with meaning. It takes effort, it takes understanding, it takes courage, and it takes a knowledge of Torah. Torah is eternal. Torah is something which, well, from the moment it was given to us until the very end of time, it is relevant in every single situation, time and space. One simply cannot say it's a historical thing. Once upon a time, the Jewish people were in the wilderness, whereas today in a modern world, in the world of, well, great technology... It has no relevance, God forbid. Torah has absolute, infinite, eternal relevance in every single situation and every single time. Precisely in a world such as ours, which is moving so very quickly. Technology is changing from minute to minute, dramatically changing from minute to minute. Controls our lives. It takes, well, it takes so much of our time and our effort. All you have to do is look around. People have their noses and their smartphones 24-7 looking and chatting and changing and talking and well, whatever the case might be. The fact is, within this type of world, we need tremendous clarity. We need tremendous strength and understanding of what priorities are all about, understanding what life is all about. We simply cannot be enveloped by this technological change and lose our humanity in order for us to retain that particular sense of worth that we possess to understand that we are an incredible combination of body and soul. We have a mind. We have a heart. We have all sorts of elements that need to be uplifted and perfected. We have to live in this world today, yesterday, and tomorrow. There is no difference. Torah is eternal, and therefore it's our job to look for the ongoing relevant message within the Parsha of the week in order to make our lives so much more relevant as well. And it's here, it's the Shabbos Project. What a wonderful Shabbos it's going to be. I'm sure every single shul here in South Africa is preparing for this wonderful annual event. And as I said last week, a huge Koach! a shout-out to our chief rabbi, whose brainchild this was, he thought about it, he implemented, and it became a worldwide wonderful event. People all over the world will be celebrating Shabbos with that extra touch this week because it is the Shabbos Project. And what a wonderful feeling it is to know that we are joining thousands upon thousands of people around the world, every corner of the world, in this special Shabbos. And, of course, what it means to us... Not only are we proud that we are South Africans, and this was the birthplace of the Shabbos project, it means so much more to each and every one of us, but the mere fact that we have this very special mitzvah that we are going to celebrate together, each in our own way, every shul has whatever events, whatever activities, that people are making all sorts of plans, either at home or at shul, communal meals. Whatever the case will be, it's going to be a time not only of great enjoyment, but please God, it should be a time of great awareness as well. And not only awareness in the sense that we are together with people throughout the world observing the Shabbos, but more so to understand that this should be some sort of platform from which we can take off and bring more and more of Torah and mitzvahs into our own lives this has to be not only an event that takes place annually once a year it has to be an event that propels us to greater heights to teach us to show us that what we can achieve and what we should achieve within our own lives. And this is why the Shabbos of the Shabbos Project is so very special, because it's an opportunity not only to do something great and good, but with the energy that is created by so many around the world doing the same thing, it brings down special blessing from above. It brings down special blessings from God himself with incredible energy an energy that enables us to make huge decisions in our own lives, huge decisions in terms of where we are going. If we can do it once, we can do it twice. If we can do it twice, we can do it ten times. If we can do it ten times, we can do it all the time. We have to find the strength, the insight, the energy. We have to find the joy. We have to find the purpose. And while, of course, a great many people think, ah, it's so difficult and so irrelevant, as I mentioned earlier on, it's not. It's here. It's now. It's very, very present, and it's something that we have to do. And it's connected with the Shabbos of Vayera, <coughs> sorry, where Hashem appears to Abraham. We'll talk about that in a little while. But Vayera means revelation from God, a personal revelation from God. And we have to understand what, in fact, that means within the greater context of Abraham's life, not only in Abraham's life, but in our own lives, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of Jews throughout the world. What does it mean, Vayera, and Hashem appear to him? And while we take it for granted, we read this every single year, God appears to Abraham, and we're not excited about it. It's, well, after all, Abraham was a great man. Abraham deserved that God should appear to him. Abraham is an individual of such spiritual development and enlightenment, of such greatness, that the appearance of God to him is almost, almost an ongoing, regular thing. And therefore, we have to ask ourselves, what makes it so special that an entire Parsha is called Vayera? particularly this Shabbos, the Shabbos of the Shabbos project, when together with Jews around the world we'll be doing a mitzvah and looking for a degree of revelation within our own lives. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. Vayera, and God appears to Avraham. After all, he appeared to Abraham so many times, and yet here is an entire parsha dedicated to this particular moment, VaYera, when God appears to Abraham. And our sages tell us why did God appear to him. This is after the Brit Milah. This is after the circumcision that Avraham performed at the age of 100 years old. Physically difficult and certainly spiritually challenging. After all, Avraham was a man who every day of his life was totally dedicated to the highest ideals of that which God demands from us. He was an individual, as we learned last week, at the age of 75. Lech Lecha, he leaves his home, he leaves his birthplace, he leaves his father's house, he leaves his land, he goes to a new and wonderful, strange journey and adventure that changes the world. After all, of Abraham taught the world the secret of ethical monotheism, and he goes throughout the world doing that. And at the age of 99, when God asks him, at the age of 100, when God asks him to circumcise himself, he does so with tremendous self-sacrifice and selflessness. And because of the fact that he was, in a sense, ill, God comes to visit him. God comes to extend the mitzvah of Bikur Cholim visiting the sick. And listen to what happens. God himself is visiting Abraham. Beyond his tent, in the heat of this incredibly hot day, three strangers appear. What does Avraham do? He asks God to wait a moment, and he runs to these three strangers, and he offers them, well, hospitality. Come in to the shade out of the hot sun. Wash your feet. Have a drink something to eat, and he himself runs around to make sure that the meal that he prepares for these three strangers is of the highest caliber. Yes, we know that Avraham was a man of incredible chesed, kindness, but God himself is visiting. Is this a time to ignore God's visit and to politely ask God to wait for a moment or two or more? while he attends to these strangers, to these nomadic individuals who are idolatrous, who, well, they they worship the dust of their feet, as we're told. What's going on over here? What is Avraham doing, and what lesson do we personally learn from that? Second story later on in the Parsha, God informs Avraham that he has decided to destroy the city of Sodom. Sodom is a terribly evil place, terrible violence, terrible destruction, no hospitality, a place that deserves to be destroyed. God comes to Avraham and says, Avraham, I have decided after looking at this place very, very carefully and observing the inhuman behavior, the tyrannical behavior that they have, that this place no longer deserves to exist. And the people within it no longer deserve to live. I'm going to destroy it. And what is Avraham's reaction? Avraham's reaction is, God, if we could find 50 people in that place that are righteous, would you spare Sodom and the surrounding cities and all the people? And God says yes. And he negotiates with God, 50, 45, 40, down to 10 and finally, when he realizes that he can't even find ten just men to save the city of Sodom, he accepts the decision of God. Now, Avraham was a man of incredible faith. And faith, of course, is not only believing in God in some sort of abstract way, but accepting that what God sends our way Doesn't matter what it looks like, doesn't matter how challenging it is, doesn't matter how difficult it is. We know full well, based upon our faith in God, that whatever God sends us is ultimately for a good purpose. Whatever God does is fair and just. Abraham is told by God himself, That God says, I've investigated the behavior. I've seen the evidence of their violence and corruption. They no longer deserve to exist. A man of the incredible faith of Abraham should turn around to God and say, of course. You are the ultimate judge. You are the judge that judges fairly and honestly. And God, if you have come to this decision, so it should be. Destroy those four cities, Sodom, the three other cities, and the inhabitants. But what does Abraham do? He doesn't accept God's decision. He challenges God. He argues with God. He starts with 50 going down to 45, to 40, 30. Why doesn't he simply accept the judgment of God? God, after all, is the ultimate judge. There is no bias. There is no possibility of corruption, God forbid, in the justice and judgment of God. And yet, Avraham challenges all of that. These two stories stand out, although there are a great many stories in this Parsha that needs hours of explanation, and even then we won't begin to scratch the surface. But it's these two particular stories that somehow brings to mind a very important lesson, a very important message. First of all, How does Abraham actually, in a sense, ignore God? God is visiting him. And he says, wait while I attend to these strangers, to these visitors. And secondly, why doesn't he accept the judgment and justice of God as fair, but challenges him and argues with him and pleads with him, negotiates, bargains, until he realizes he has no case. And only then does he accept the justice of God. We have to understand what is the role of Avram. Avram is known as one of the Avot, one of the patriarchs, fathers of the Jewish people. We have three fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, each one being a father, and each one contributing to us a particular element within our lives. What is the duty, what is the responsibility of a father? A father not only cares for his children but looks after his children with tremendous dedication and concern. A father not only takes care of his children, but teaches his children, illustrates to his children what's correct, what's proper, what's incorrect, what's inappropriate. A father has that duty. A father has that job. This is the job of a father. And as a father of the entire Jewish people, until the very end of time, Avraham has a huge responsibility that he actually, in a sense, fulfills his parental duties, his eternal parental duties, in the fullest and most perfect sense of the word. Avraham is Ishchesed. He's a man of great kindness. He's an individual that his tremendous concern for everyone is expressed with unbelievable kindness. And this is why. Even though God himself is there, Avraham knows I have a duty not only to look after those three strangers standing outside on the road next to my tent, but I have to show my children forevermore that this is the way they should behave as well in terms of exercising the incredible responsibility of goodness and kindness. Now, just imagine for a moment, you're sitting at home, and, well, busy with some meeting or other, and the doorbell rings, and they come and tell you that there's some beggar standing at the gate. He wants some money and he wants some food. Now, most people would react by saying, I'm very busy right now. Either he comes back later, I can't be bothered with it. This is not for me right now. Can you imagine if you had a meeting with God and there's a ring at the doorbell? And they come along and say to some vagrant, some beggar "Bounce a bit of food. Of course you wouldn't respond that sort of way. You would continue your conversation with God. Abraham says... At all times, in all circumstances, think of the needs of others. Care about the needs of others. It might be difficult. It might interfere with your physical and even spiritual moment. You might be sitting with important people. You might be sitting with God himself. What is expected of you teaches us, Abraham, that at all times and all circumstances, we have to exercise goodness and kindness and care. And it doesn't come easy. It's not something which, well, we simply do it. It has to be done. As a father, he's guiding, he's teaching, he's showing us what's the correct way. And similarly, when it comes to the story of the destruction of Zdom, he is a man of kindness. And therefore, even though he accepts fully that the judgment and justice of God is perfect, He challenges it, perhaps, perhaps there is something that still can be done, another expression of goodness and kindness. And we sometimes look at the world and say, well, that's the way it is, that's God's will. But if we can still do something that might change that situation for the better, to some, find some element that might, in a sense, bring goodness and kindness to people who may not even deserve it at all. This is what we inherit from Abraham. A tremendous sense of care and concern. A tremendous sense of devotion. A tremendous sense of not judging others, but recognizing the needs of others, addressing them correctly. We might be involved in the most important situation of life. Never lose sight of someone else in need. Whatever that need might be. It might be a piece of bread. It might be a bit of money. It might be some care. It might be some emotional expression. Whatever it is, forever look out for the needs of others and exercise as much as you can, as Avraham did. More of that soon. This is the pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about Avram's incredible sense of chesed, of tremendous sense of caring and dedication to others, to the point where he ignores God almost and looks after his visitors and challenges God before God actually destroys the city of Sodom. But before we continue with that, listen to this wonderful message. Pick and Pay Norwood Hyper have these pocket-saving sweet deals just for you. Pick and Pay Kosher Chicken Brei Pack only seventy-nine ninety-nine per kilo. Kosher Deli Pick and Pay Fagels Muck Crayfish at a very low one ninety-nine ninety-nine per kilo. Pick and Pay Fresh Minced Hake is just one twenty-nine ninety-nine per kilo. Fries traditional sausage, 500 grams, only 41.99. Catch these and many more specials in store. These specials are exclusive to Pick and Pay Norwood Hyper, and only while stocks last. Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood, the best place to shop when you want to buy a lot. We're talking about Avrom. We're talking about his incredible, well, act of kindness and gift of kindness to each and every one. Of us, as our father, we inherit it from him. He looks after us, he guides us, he teaches us, sets the example himself. And it's interesting to note, at the end of the Parsha, we come across one of the most difficult stories in the Torah. And that is the story of the Akedah, where God instructs Avraham to sacrifice his son Yitzchak. Strange, difficult to understand. At that point... One might think that Avraham, just as he was so concerned about the travelers in the street, as he was concerned about the sinful people of Sodom, he would have been so concerned about his son Yitzhak to sacrifice him on the altar. And we don't see that he turns to God and says, God, how can you possibly ask me to do this incredible act of self-sacrifice? How can you possibly ask of me? To offer my only son on the altar. After all, you promised that I would be a great and powerful nation. You blessed me with a son and now you're asking me that I should give it all up. We would think that Avraham as a ish chesed would want to do something. And as he challenges God earlier on, he might challenge God here, but we don't see that. He accepts the instruction from God. He does it with a tremendous sense of haste and purpose. He gets up early in the morning, God instructs him, and off he goes. He takes Yitzchak, his two helpers, and they go to the place where God will ultimately show them where this sacrifice, where the Akedah, the binding of Yitzchak, will take place. How come he doesn't respond to God? How come he doesn't turn to God? And out of a tremendous sense of chesed kindness, ask him to perhaps overlook this particular mitzvah? And the answer, of course, is chesed is something that we extend to others at all times. And even though we have to extend chesed to ourselves, but when God challenges us personally, this is not a time to challenge God. When we see God doing something to someone else, our hearts have to pour out with a tremendous sense of concern. We dare not say, well, this is the will of God. Let the guy suffer. Let the whole place suffer. Let the whole place be destroyed. When we see others in a situation of imminent destruction, what we have to do is whatever we can do for someone else. When Abraham sees the three strangers in the road beyond his tent, there's a tremendous sense of concern that here are three people in this incredibly hot desert, They need some water, they need some shelter, they need some food, they need hospitality. Chesed takes over to the point that he asks God to wait a while while he fulfills that particular commandment. But when it comes to ourselves, and God wants us to do something, We can't at that point say, well, out of chesed for myself, perhaps, God, you might reconsider what you're asking of me. But you have to do it with a sense of urgency, with a tremendous sense of haste, and to do it with a tremendous sense of purpose and joy as well. There's much to be learned from here. There's much to be learned how to live life, how to look at ourselves and how to look at others. Must never, ever be judgmental of others and say, well... They deserve it. We wouldn't do that to ourselves. When it comes to ourselves, our sages tell us that self-love is able to justify and rationalize every particular type of behavior, even the most negative within ourselves. We have to be honest to ourselves. We have to be honest as far as others are concerned, we have to be honest within ourselves as well. This is an incredibly important parsha. It brings together not only ideas of kindness and chesed and hospitality that we see in terms of Avraham's life. Not only do we see the priority in his life as a father, as a patriarch, for Jewish people until the end of time, and becomes the model that shows us how to behave But it's also a story that tells us how to look at ourselves. When God challenges us, when God makes life a bit difficult for ourselves, we accept it with a tremendous sense of devotion and selflessness. We act correctly and do that which has to be done. And this is why this Shabbos, it's a special Shabbos. I'm sure a great many more people will be in shul. Listen to the Parsha carefully. Not every story is a pleasant story. Not every story is an easy story. But every single story within the Parsha has a particular personal message to each and every one of us. And so what's the end result? Vayeda. We might not have the revelation, the appearance of God as it was by Abraham. After all, he was well, a spiritually developed, enlightened human being. But to a certain degree, we can feel that sense of godliness within ourselves, a tremendous sense of spirituality, a tremendous sense that somehow we are being elevated to a higher purpose. This is what we have to achieve to a lesser or greater degree, each according to his own ability. But when we apply ourselves correctly in the way that we relate to others and the way we relate to ourselves, Yes, each and every one of us gets a Vayera experience, a tremendous personal sense of revelation from God. Listen to every story and listen to it well. There's a message. May you all have a wonderful Shabbos, Shabbos project. May you enjoy the company of others. May you observe the mitzvah of Shabbos with a tremendous sense of purpose Again, a wonderful Yeshe to our dear Chief Rabbi for bringing this into our lives. Good Shabbos.